0: Good morning, everyone? Good to see you. you too. Oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I always bring my mom here with me so that she'll. I was thinking, second service is so much more lively, and I'm going, "Hey, it's good to see you. Yeah. yeah. My name's Don, and I'm your holiday pastor. And um, <laughs> it's always good to be here. <laughs> And you're wondering, holiday, it's, it's like June 4th. This is the joy of having a pastor from Canada. He doesn't know the difference between July and June. Like, hey, 4th of June's coming up. You want to speak? Yeah, okay, okay Alan, yeah. I'll bring some fireworks too, Alan. Yeah, that'll be... <laughs> no, it's always a joy. Hey, we went by your, your new home. Unbelievable. Gorgeous. Wow. Steve, wow! Be good to get rid of this old dump, won't it? (laughs) (laughs) You guys are so fortunate, and you are in for such a treat with uh, what God has in store for this church. It's just a joy to be able to hang around you every now and again. So, I want to just share with you a a Psalm today. And um, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Book of Psalms, the very first Psalm. I'm going to read that with you, and then I'm going to just kind of camp on one verse. Not so with the wicked, they're like chaff. Chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Kind of the mountain peak of this psalm is Psalm 3. He's like a tree planted by streams of water. I love imagery in the Bible. It's so helpful. There's some wonderful imagery of God that helps us understand God a little bit better. Kind of just feeds our soul. Like the Lord is our shepherd. Um, Our God, oh God, our our son and our shield. God, our refuge, our fortress and our strength. I mean, you can go through image after image, and we just we get a better glimpse of God through some of that imagery. What you may not realize or recognize is that God also has some images of you, and images so that you can understand yourself better, who I am, who you are in God, what he desires for us, what he has for us. And today is one of those beautiful images that just kind of come to us, and, and it kind of just engages our our emotion, it just it, it kind of just slips in on, on our will and it, it kind, of, kind of goes right by our intellect and goes right right to our feeling, our soul. And here's the image for you that, that God wants you to see yourself as. a tree. You are like a tree. Think about that for a minute. If you were a tree, think about being a tree, what kind of tree you might be? I'm gonna, in fact I'm going to ask you about that so so you don't just don't don't lose me here and it, and it's not going to be weird now sometimes like when i was in junior high they had these things called electives which which you, my elective ended up being drama and here's how it's an elective drama or boys choir they called it boys glee back then boys and i thought okay i will elect drama and you know and then the first week I, here I'm a seventh grader, and they, they they switch us up with girls and guys together and all that kind of stuff. And they say, "Okay, you're gonna have to come up on stage, and we're gonna give you something to, to be, and you're just gonna act it out." And our little group, it was, "Be bacon sizzling." <laughs> Are you kidding me? In front of everybody. I mean, I didn't. I I skipped gym class for the first three weeks. I didn't even, You know, I'm I'm so embarrassed to even. And so I decided I'm gonna be more like a banana and split. You know, I'm not gonna go up there. So if you're gonna be like a tree and leave, hang on, don't do that yet. So if you were gonna be a tree, what kind of tree would you be? Somebody just just talk, let's just talk, nobody else is. Weeping willow. A weeping willow, okay. Because it has to be next to water. Next to water, okay, good, I like that. Any other trees? Beech. What is it? Beech. A beach. A beech tree. Okay. Palm tree. Palm tree. Sequoia. A sequoia. Oak tree, ah, a lot of oaks, I hear oaks, oaks all over the world, well, big a big tree, <laughs> a fig tree, big, okay, I'm not judging, <laughs> how about bacon, <laughs> nothing worse than me embarrassing you, big tree, okay, so you, so you kind of get the idea, tree, there's four words I want to give you about you being a tree in God's mind that he wants you to catch a hold of. The first word is the word life. Life. Where there's tree, where there's a tree, there's, there's life. Now, if you go back to the beginning of the Bible, it's, the first five books are called the books of Moses, the Pentateuch, the, the Torah. Those first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, When you go into Genesis, you go into a garden, and there's Adam and Eve running around in the garden, and in the middle of that garden, there's a tree of life, a tree of life that is at the center of it all, a tree of life so that every day of Adam and Eve's life, as they go by that, they're reminded, you were created for life. Now, Psalms is an interesting thing because there's, I don't know if you've ever recognized this or not, but if you go at the top of that first chapter of Psalms, it will say, in most of your Bibles, book one. And there are actually five books of the Psalms. So like chapter one through 41 is book one, and then book two starts. But There's not four books, there's not six books, there's five books. And there's other reasons for this, but just enough to know that there's a connection between the five books of Moses and the five books of Psalms. So you go into the book of Moses, first thing you see in the garden a tree of life. You go into the very first psalm, and here in that very first chapter is another tree. And that tree represents life. Reminding you're, you, you're created for life. You're blessed with life. You're like a tree. You have life. Now, there's a lot of sin and misery that's kind of come into the world since Genesis 1. But that wasn't the way God intended it for it. For it to be. God created it. Good, 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 good. Very good. And then sin and misery came in. And now not only are we created for life, we're redeemed for life. That Jesus comes, that that you might have life. And you might have it more abundantly. John 10 10. A contrast to that, the psalmist says, is chaff. Chaff is not about life. Chaff is dead. But you're not dead. You're a tree. You're not chaff. In God's mind, you're a tree. There's life. Life. Life that comes to us. Created for it, redeemed for it. Life that's up in heaven. May heaven come down here on earth. Your will, your kingdom up there, down here. Intersect life. We were created for life. Kind of got that? Life. Life. Second word, endurance, endurance. You are like a tree planted, planted. So the psalmist would say, hey, let me just kind of give you these first couple chapters of psalms. It's about life. It's about blessing. It's about, you know, blessed is the one. It's, it's goodness. It's, it's favor. It's joy. It's happiness. It's, it's blessing, blessing, blessing. And the first couple of chapters, is, it's all about that. But just about the third chapter of Psalm starts to change in the tone of the, of the psalmist. And David is being chased by his son, Absalom, who is trying to, to uh, overtake the throne. Is this coup going out, and he just starts crying out in some words that we're familiar with because we cry out with the same words. And it's basically saying, hey, there's some adversity coming in life. Yeah, we're created for life. Yeah, we're created for blessing. But, man, times get tough sometimes. Go a little bit further into chapter 13. And, and it's, it, I love this chapter because it's, it's just anguish of David. He hearkens back to when he was like a teenager. And Saul, who was the king, um, is throwing spears at him. And the women are singing songs about, yeah, Saul has killed thousands. But David, 10,000, and then he's like, shh, don't do that because this guy's crazy. And he gets even more angry. He chases him all over through the desert, and he's hiding in the caves. And finally, in Psalm 13, he just cries out, how long, Lord, how long is this going on? Are you going to hide your face from me forever? How long? I'm anointed king. I just killed Goliath. I've got every, I've got every reason to inherit the throne right now, and I, I don't even, I won't pick up a sword against this crazy man, but he chases me all over, for 12 years in the Old Testament, he's, he's living in a cave, running from Saul, and he's saying, how long? Four times in that short little psalm, how long? I'm wrestling with this, are you going to hide? Do you, do you care? Do you even care? It's really what he's asking And then in the 24th Psalm, he says these words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I mean, the anguish in that sentence is dripping with so much emotion and so much despair that Jesus adopts that phrase on the cross as he's going to his death. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? David had some adversity. If David had adversity... So will you, and so do I. And it's easy to give up when it gets tough. But you're a tree. You're like a tree planted. Oh, the wind can blow, and you feel the wind, and the tree gets blown over sideways, and, and it hurts, and sometimes it stinks, and sometimes you hate it, and, but the tree just hangs in there. It stands in there. Now, chaff is different. Chaff, the Bible says, gets blown away. It doesn't take much wind just to blow away chaff, but you're not chaff. You're like a tree planted. Endurance. Remember Job? Me talk about a guy who had a dip in life. I mean, he lost it all. He lost everything, and he had a lot to lose. But he didn't get blown away by it. He hung in there, and then in time, not only did he get through it, but God restored twice over his blessing, twice as much wealth, twice as much health, twice as many children and grandchildren, twice as much prosperity. But he hung in there because he's like a tree planted. Some of you today, you don't need to hear anything more than this. You're going to make it. Now, don't don't let that slip over your head. You're going to make it. I promise you, you'll have adversity. I know you're in adversity now, but I promise you, you'll make it. Because you're not chaff. You're like a tree. Planted. Planted. Endurance. Here's the third word. Resources. Resources. You're like a tree planted by the streams, by the water. You have resources. Now, the word I was going to use is drink. But I'm afraid what some of you would do with that. So I'm just going to go resources. But here's the tree, and it drinks in all the the nutrients that come from the all the all the beautiful glorious water that just runs right through it and, and and there's resources there and water doesn't do anything for chaff. It can be it can have all the water in the world. It can it can have a river all around it. It's chaff is not going to thrive, but you're not chaff. You're a tree. How do you have life? How do you have endurance? Well, you have resources. And one of the resources that is a connecting point in this psalm is the word of God, the, the law, it calls it back then. I'm sure by the, in those days they're, talking, they're thinking, well, the law, the five books of Moses. And, and, and I'm sure the psalmist would say, well, not just the books of Moses, but here's, here's the, the psalm as well. And, and, and now we would say not only the five books of the psalms and the five books of Moses, but we've got the whole Bible in front of us. And, and here's what he says. The one who delights in the law and meditates on it day and night is like a tree. There's resources in the word. Do do you delight in the word? Do Do you let it just kind of sink in and meditate with it? Did any of you wake up this morning and kind of on tiptoes go, I'm going to church and I'm going to hear the word. And then you walked in and you saw the old, the old guy and you went, oh, well. Did, did, did you have that? I mean, we are so inundated with words. We've got words, 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 words. You know how many words are on the Internet? I Googled this. Over three trillion words. <laughs> That's a lot of words. There's only 170,000 words basically in the English language, and there's three trillion words on the internet. And most of them are false, fake, or don't have anything good to say about anything, but they're just inundated with words. Three trillion. You take a million, a thousand million is a billion, a thousand billion is a trillion, and you got three of those. That's how many words you are. We words, words, words. You came in here today, you had words in the parking lot, you had words in the hallway, you had words in the restroom, you had words coming down the hallway, words with your neighbor over here. Songs, words, 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 words. Announcements, words, 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 words. Now you got somebody just going words, 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 words going everywhere. All these words. What do you do with all these words? If you delight in the word, it makes a difference. I love... James 1.21, the old King James Version, it says, uh, the engrafted word of God will save your soul. The engrafted word of God will save your soul. I mean, the enemy wants anything he can do to distract us from the word that God has for you today. Your mind is shooting all over the place. What am I going to wear tomorrow at work? What are we going? Where are we going to eat when we're done? With, will this ever get done? Will we ever get out? What? What? What will LeBron? Will LeBron score over forty? Will he score at all? What, you know what? What's going to happen? You. You got all these things going on, and God's just going. Would you? Can I just get a word in here? Because the engrafted word of God can save your soul. It can give you endurance. It can give you life. You ever have a skin graft, so that they take a piece of skin off one part of your body and where there is no skin they they graft it on there and that through some connection and some fusing and some time that that soon that that skin so that where you had no skin you now you now have something you didn't have that's the that's what the Word of God does for you when when it's engrafted into you there's There's the love of God that that you might have walked in this room and you you didn't have it before, but it gets engrafted on you. You have have the love of God in your life that you've not had before through his word. Or the peace of God. You walked in here with angst and anxiety and all this, and God says, I've got a word for you. There's a peace that passes all understanding for you. You don't have to live that way. Or maybe there's a confidence that comes in the power of God that comes through his word. The engrafted word of God becomes a resource so that you delight in it. It's it's like uh, you're you're so thirsty and it just quenches you. And you meditate on it and you ruminate on it and you let it soak deeply in you. You can't just catch a little glimpse of it and run off on your own and, and never think about it again. But it takes a while for that word to engraft you, but when it does, it's a resource that brings endurance and life to you. Kind of a secondary thing with this, you have to, it's not quite as evident in the psalm, but but one of the resources is the Spirit of God. That stream. You go back to the garden with Adam and Eve, there was that tree, and there was also in that garden a river, it says with many streams that just flooded that garden. Later in the Psalms, the psalmist says, there's a, there's a stream that makes glad the city of God. The city of God is Jerusalem. There's not been a river in Jerusalem ever. There never will be. There's no river anyway. There's, there's no water there. What's the river? The river is the Spirit of God. It's where God lived. It's his, it was his home. The Spirit of God. Jesus says, you thirsty? Come unto me, Drink. And in you and through you and out of you will flow rivers of living water. It's the Spirit. You drink in the Spirit. You drink in His Word. It flows. It's resources. When I think about you individually, when I think about you as a church, I go back to this You, mountain park. In God's eyes, you're, you're a tree. There's life here. And there's life that wants to be spread in, the, in, a, in, a, in about five or six miles down the road or whatever in this, in this new neighborhood, not only in your life, but in others' lives. And there's endurance that comes. And then, in this endurance, that it's not easy to get in transition points and to build and to change and all, there, there's an endurance that comes so that the resources are so clear. It's the Word of God and the Spirit of God that lives in you that gets you to where you want to be. Until you get to the fourth word. And that word is significance. Life, endurance, resources, significance. Purpose. Fruit. The, The psalmist says, this tree that's planted by rivers of living water bears fruit in season. And the leaf never withers. Never dries up. Chaff does not give off fruit. Chaff is all dried up. Chaff has no real good purpose in life. It's just a filler. It just takes up room. But not you. Not you as an individual. Not you as a church. There's a reason that you exist. There's a reason why you are going where you're going. There's a reason for being who you are. There's a significance that comes. Many of you know that the most bought book, the most popular book in the world is the Bible? I mean, we've heard that before. There's more Bibles sold and bought than any other book. You know what the second most popular book is? The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Purpose Driven Life. It is so popular that it's gone like it's gone like this. Everybody wanted it. Everybody read it. Everybody and now everybody makes fun of it. Nobody likes it and it goes down there. It's it's kind of like the Cubs. Everybody wants the Cubs to win until they win and they go, oh, okay, that's enough. Don't become like the Yankees. We get to you know. That we get tired of of success, but why was that book so highly popular? Because every one of us are asking the question, what's my purpose in life? Is there significance in who I am and what I do? I mean, we know we know what to do, we know how to do it, we're really good at that. Most of us just don't know why we do what we do. And none of us want to come to the end of our life and look on our gravestone and say, Well, that was sure a waste. Don't know why he existed. Don't know why she existed. Chaff. You don't even have to put your name on it. Just chaff. Nobody wants to do that. We we want fruit somewhere. We want somebody to come to our gravestone and say, man, they made a difference in my life. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, friend at church. Someone. Someone. They made a difference. And God says, let me just tell you why I gave you life. And why I give you strength to endure and the resources to endure. Because you are here to bear fruit. You are here to, to give shade. That your, that your leaf is healthy. That there's, it doesn't wither and turn brown. There's a reason for you to here. Significance. So, life, endurance, resources, fruit, purpose, significance. I just thought it might be kind of fun, since that's about all I have to say, that we would take a little quiz at the end, got a couple minutes. I love to give this little quiz because it, it helps us distinguish between tree and chaff, between death and life. My wife came in, in the door the other day of the, of the house and said, uh, uh, I think we need a new battery in the car. Me being as perceptive, how do you know that? Because the car doesn't start. That's why. My wife has the more mechanical abilities in our family than I do. Well, call AAA. You know, we we need either a jump or a new a new battery. How do you how do you know? How do you know whether you're a tree or chaff? How do you know whether you're dead or alive. The the car battery, the lights work or they don't work. The windows go up or they don't go up. The the radio works or it doesn't work. It starts or it doesn't start. So God kind of throws out these things. Let me just, let's go on this little journey. See where you're at. We talked about the word already. Now, chaff doesn't hate the word. Chaff doesn't say that that's just you know, that's that's evil or that's stupid. They might say, hey, that's a good book. They might even buy a, you know, put it on your coffee table. Never pick it up and read it now, but it it's there. Everybody ought to have a it. Bible. It's a good, it's the good book. But, but a tree, life, reads it, studies it is diligent with it, that the engrafted word, that that I can open that thing up and God will have a word for me there that will change my life, will give me life and endurance. Okay. Ready for the next one? How about worship? Worship. You know, kind of what we did today, worship. You come to church to to worship is more than singing songs. Worship is, is thanking God, it's blessing God, it's praising God, it's giving glory to God in, in a lot of different means and different ways. Chaff, Chaff looks at God and, and, and basically blows the whistle and, and calls fouls on God. You know, God, we're, we're not sure yet. Yeah, we can exalt you to that point because I'm not sure you're running the universe quite like I would. You know, why'd you do that? Throw the fowl. Blow the whistle. Why would you let that happen? Throw the f- You shouldn't, God, you're not, that's not a very just, that's not a very good God. That, I would do it differently. In fact, what we're really saying is maybe I should be God. It's, it's kind of hard to worship God when you think you ought to be there. But it's easy to kind of get there. But chaff has a tendency to rise to that. But a tree, life, just sees God in so many different ways and is always blessing God and always giving glory to God. You see beauty in the world. And you go, God, thank you for creating this. You are an awesome creator. The miracle of a little baby, brand new life. Oh, God, you oh man, you did great. You did something. Wow. I mean, you just recognize. You, do you ever get caught worshiping outside of church? Kind of embarrassing, isn't it? I I did that the other day. I I, I it's hard to believe I actually take walks. And it takes a long time for to go very short distances for me. But I, I put my earphones in and I listen. It's, I'm old, so it's okay. I, I listen to Ron Cannoli. Okay, so he was a worship leader like in the '90s when when God was still alive and and. Uh, and I and I listen to it, and and I'm telling you, he just he takes me to levels, and and <laughs> so I'm, I'm walking it. Usually, I, it'll, it'll get to me sometimes. I'm usually I'm just you know I'm just making time, but every now and again, I'll I'll, I'll walk, I'll, I'll kind of lift the hand up, you know, because I I don't see anybody around, and then I'll start singing with him. I have my earphones in, but I'm looking to make sure no one's there, and I I I can't imagine how loud it is and how. But it, nobody's around just me and God. And and one the other day I, I was walking and I I'm going down and and a cannoli gets a hold of me. Well, the Holy Ghost got a hold of me, actually. And I I'm walking down there and it's you turn my morning into gladness again. Da, 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 da. I don't, I can't stay silent. I must sing for the Lord has come. You can tell why I keep the earphones. And and uh and so I, you know. I'm looking around. It's hot. There's no one else on this trail that I'm on. And, and I have to walk to make sure, I have to look down at my feet to make sure I don't trip. And i I must sing. I got one hand going up, and I'm starting to sing kind of loud. And I, before I even know it, I got, I got my cane up in the air. And I'm, I'm walking like this. I must sing, go the Lord. And, then I'm, and I finally look up, and around the corner, there's a, a, a woman and her mother, grandma, and about an elementary-age girl, and they're huddled off the side. And here I come, singing. And uh, I know the little girl's going like, Mama, he's crazy, isn't he? He's crazy. just that crazy man. And I just kind of looked at him and smiled, and they they kind of. You ever get busted for worshiping God where no one expects it? By God, by God, he sees you worshiping him unexpectedly, not on a Sunday morning. He's going like, dude, it's Tuesday afternoon. What's the deal with you? What are you you calling my name out? That's a tree. That's life. A chaff just barely makes it through church. A tree sees the beauty of God everywhere. What about what about church? You know, this chaff goes to church. Chaff goes to church. It's like, click it off. It's doctor appointment, dental appointment, grocery store, church, feed the dog, water the dog. Da da da. Check check check. That's chaff. But a tree. Church is, church is the hope of the world. Church is the hands and feet of Christ. Church is the body of Christ. It's the organic living organism of Christ. Church is the, is the light to a dark world. It's the, it's the light up on a hill that the whole city can see. Church is, church is the ambassadors of God to, to a world that's turning and running and going the other way. Church is so much more than a gathering of people in four walls somewhere. Church is, is life. It's it's Jesus in our midst. What about what about prayer? I mean, chaff. It's like yeah, we pray, you know, for meals or Thanksgiving or, you know, maybe sometimes in public if no one's looking or you, you kind of do this, you know, dear God, thank you for the food, and everything, Amen. You know, hoping nobody sees you. You know, and I, I, I've, I've, I do that sometimes. I, you know, that's. Prayer just maybe just to say. Now I lay me down to sleep. You know, hallowed be thy name. On you go. Prayer, though, for trees, it's it's a conversation with God. It's the creator of the universe talking with us, conversing with us. It's good morning, Lord. It's good night, Lord. Thanks for the day. It's Hey, which direction do you want me to go? How do you want me to handle this? Can I throw this on you? Can I lay my cares on you? Can I, can I give you this, God? Let's talk about this a little bit. What do you, and then, then what do you have to say to me? And here's what makes people think you're a real wingnut. God actually speaks to us. That he whispers and he prompts. and that it's even going on right now, that God is saying, hey, tapping you on the shoulder, hey, it's time for you to get your life in relationship with me. Or it might be, hey, before you go out the door, you need to talk to so-and-so. Or remember, remember so-and-so, they put it on your, God just puts it on your mind. You, you, need to, you need to have prayer with that person. Or you need to help them in a situation or you need to get involved in a certain area. He, he talks with us. He prompts us. That's life. That's life. If I haven't got you angry yet, how about this one? How about your time and money? Now you're ready to be like a tree and leaf, right? How about that? I mean, a Chaff just says it's it's my time, and it's my money. And no one tells me what to do with it. I earned it. I deserve it. Oh, it's my... And, and a tree goes, well, everything I have is yours, God. I'd have nothing if it wasn't for you. 24 hours a day you give me. All I own, all my resources, all my ability to, to make resources and collect resources is because of you, God. So I want to be a good steward of it. I want to be a good steward of my time. I want to be a good steward of my money. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to go into debt. I don't want to to use it in any other way. But to honor you, I want to be able to give generously. At times, I want to be able to give sacrificially. And every day of my life, I want to be used by you. I want that significance. I want that fruit to to be something that every day, not just one day a year or one day a month or one day a week. I want want you to have glory in my life and honor. That's life. What about evangelism? <laughs> Chaff says, you know, you watch this, this sweaty old southern preacher just blasting away, perspiring, and barking out, and repenting, rah, rah. And Chaff goes, yeah, you, who in the world needs that? And a tree looks at the very same thing and goes, who in the world needs that? <laughs> that that's, That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm, what I'm talking about is, is, is in a winsome way, out of relationship, to be able to, to speak truth to someone. To be, able to, to be able to be convinced of this, which I'm, I'm convinced of, that everybody's life would be better if Christ is at the center of it. Everybody. There's, I don't know you. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know who you are, where you came from. This I do know. Your life is better with Christ at the center of it. You want to come to me for counseling or advice or whatever? Save you some time? Save me some time. Put Christ at the center. There's other stuff that needs to happen. It's not just simplistic. I know that. But your marriage will be better. I promise you, your marriage will be better if Christ is at the center of it. Your finances will be better if Christ is at the center of it. All your relationships will be better. Your your emotions will be better if Christ is at the center of your heart. And I don't have any problem telling anybody that why I believe it I've experienced it I've seen the difference so we can go on and on but just kind of with that little list are you in the tree category are you in the chaff category and if you're in the chaff category you're going how do I get in the tree category let me show you. Psalms real quick. Psalm 1 says this. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. That means you never take the wrong advice. Then it says, blessed is the one who's, who does not stand in the way of sinners. That means you never do the wrong thing. And blessed is the one who, who does not sit in the seat of the mockers. That means you never have a bad attitude. Easy enough. You want to go from chaff to life? Always have a good attitude. Never do the wrong thing and never take the wrong advice. How many of you have? That's pretty heavy, isn't it? And there's no way. There's no way. But this psalm describes Jesus. Jesus lived this life for you. That's called justification. And Jesus produces this life. In you. That's called sanctification. Jesus knew no sin, tempted like everyone. Jesus, who, even though he had bad counsel, didn't go for it. Jesus, who never had the wrong attitude. Nevertheless, God, whatever you want to do, Jesus says, I will live it for you and give you this life, this endurance, the resources, and this fruit I give it to you and I produce it in you on a daily basis if you'll walk with me. How do you go from chaff to life? Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, only you can bring the the dead to life again. God brought Jesus to life again in that grave. I pray that before we leave today, your word would descend upon this place and you would do your miraculous work, life-giving work of raising dead to life, changing chaff to trees, and that we would leave here walking in life with endurance and bearing fruit in Jesus' name.